after I did the 30-day reset of mm. my metabolism, never, that was it. I had, that, that ended it. That was the pivotal moment in my life, that 30 days that was life-changing. Yeah. All right, so we're back with yes. the Deep Life. Oh yeah, here we go. And I feel like a lot of these early episodes have been a lot of like the origin story mm-hmm. right, of Dan and Elise, the coaches. Yeah. Um, so I think a big part of that is we wouldn't really have Elise, the nutritionist, mm-hmm. without first having like Elise, the girl struggling with an eating disorder. Yeah, for sure. So I th- yeah, I, if you want to jump in, but as I say, like I want to, I think it's a good, a good topic that we need to, you know, go go deep on. Yeah, and address. Yeah, and, it's so hard. It's still mm-hmm. so hard and so yeah. raw to talk about because I just had told my story a couple months ago after like keeping it hidden from so many people, basically the world, yeah. for so long. But for those of you who don't know, yes, mm-hmm. I was bulimic for nearly 12 years. And it began when I was young, in my freshman year of college, I was about maybe 17, 18. I know, I was definitely, I think I was 17 at the time. Um, and just continued until maybe about five and a half, six years ago. So I will say I am fully recovered Mm. and so happy to be at this point in my life because as scared as I was to talk about it and still am, I know that it's, it doesn't define me as who I am. It was a really big part of my life and it's brought me to the place that I am now. And I've learned a lot. Mm -hmm. I made a lot of mistakes. And I am happy to be in the place where I am now, especially being able to coach women through food and diet and nutrition, yeah. not just women, men too, because right. of course we're, we're, we're different and have different hormones and mm-hmm. different makeups, but we're, we're humans and yeah. that's what makes us similar. Um, instead of going into too much detail about the story yeah. itself, it just, it, it's kind of, the only way that I can really describe it uh, is that I think I was almost punishing myself for really not understanding food and how food, how big of an impact mm-hmm. food has on not only your body, but your mind as well. And at the time, that it began when I was so young. I, like I said, it was my freshman year in college. So I was away from my family that I was really, really close to. Like mm-hmm. I've brought up Italian, that's my heritage. That's every member, like my mom's side, my dad's side. My parents divorced when I was very, very, very young. I, don't, I wasn't even one. And my mother remarried a couple years later, but he was also <laughs> Italian. Italian, Italian, like everybody, like, and we were so close knit. Like my grandmother, my aunt and uncle and their three kids lived up the street and then my cousins lived down the street. My every, We were mm-hmm. just all close. So my freshman year of college, I was away from my family. I was living in a different state. I was away from all of my friends 
that I had grown up with and known. And I just, it, I don't know. It, it mm-hmm. was like my world was like caving in. Like it was really exciting to be in a different place. Of and course, like I was excited, yeah. but I was also ter- terrified. And I just wanted people to like me. And the only thing that I could think of people liking me is like be pretty. Mm-hmm. Be pretty, be skinny. Like that's kind of what society has told women to do anyways. Like just kind of go with that. And I did. I know now <laughs> that the eating disorder stemmed from like a lot more than just wanting yeah. to look good. But that was really just how it started. And it was like a binging and then a release through a purge. And that was something that I could control. And it helped, I think, my confidence when people began to look at me and say, like, oh, what are you doing? Like, you're really skinny. Mm -hmm. And that to me, at that point, for those years, was an acceptance. Because again, that's like really society has that agreement that women should look a certain way and like constantly be pretty and be this emulation of the perfect figure. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's just not the best agreement right. <laughs> that society yeah. has gone through. Yeah. And it's, yeah, something that um, I've worked really hard to, to get over. But what I, what I think that is most important is that I hid it from so many people for so long because it was really embarrassing. And it's not something that's talked about. Like, mm-hmm. I know that there's an eating disorder awareness month. Um, but like, other than that, it's it's really like, I mean, to this day, I only can count on my hand the people that I know of that have an eating disorder that are close to me. And mm-hmm. I think to myself, oh my gosh, there's gotta be hundreds of yeah. millions of people going through this. And I don't want it to be as taboo to talk about anymore. I think that that's a really big reason why I came out with it and why I do want to talk about it. I also want to like, when we're having these dialogues and conversations, I don't want to accidentally slip up and talk about this eating disorder that I've had, Mm -hmm. that I had for so many years and not have people know what I'm talking about. Add a little context. Yeah, so, so that's it. I also, I'm at the point now where I began when I became certified as a nutritionist just about two years ago, I'm finally at the point and I feel confident enough that I've been through this journey Mm -hmm. for almost 15 years. That's, you know, recovering from the, you know, disorder and everything like that through it. That I know now how to coach people through the diet and food aspect of their life, which has basically been a journey of my own. That's where I felt so empowered to bring awareness to, again, not only yeah. women, but but men and people in general, especially younger girls, yeah. because I want to be a voice for those girls who are in college or just in their early 20s that don't like that feel lost and feel like they're not, you know, accepted by society, especially now in today's day and age with social media being so prevalent. Like, I know, imagine, I, I can't I, even imagine. I think of that constantly, like Facebook had just come out our freshman year of college, which was 2005. We didn't have Instagram then. Yeah. 
do you know what I mean? Like I can only, I can only imagine what young girls go through. Even young men too. There's a lot of men that I've began yeah. seeing that are coming out with their eating disorder. Yeah, and I'm sure I commend so much them. more than people realize. Yeah, and so that's why I want it to be, you know, a dialogue into yeah. how it's been a journey and how overcoming it has really helped myself love just me, the essence of me, and then being able to coach people to do that because it is so, it is just like, it sets my soul on fire yeah. and it gets me so excited. Yeah, I love that. I think your passion for this is so clear um, and so like evident. And I know that I'm obviously like very closely <laughs> interconnected. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just like I, I love what you are doing as far as like getting through this on the other side. And then the, like, the, it's like the first thing that you did was like turn around and like see who, who's back there behind me that I can help. Yeah. bring to this other side too because it's so yeah because it's such it was fault. such a dark dark time in my lives I was I feel like I basically lived a double life yeah. I really did because I was at least to you know my friends and family like the fun loving perky like mm -hmm. cheerleader I was never a cheerleader but everybody <laughs> asked if I was a cheerleader mind you we didn't have cheerleaders at the high school that I went to so if we That's did why. I probably yeah. would have been one they would have made you but I was like I think just like again but that's a mask that i was wearing because i didn't want right. people to know the darkness the deep yeah. dark hateful thoughts that i had against myself as scary as that is to say out loud but like i was in a really bad place mm -hmm. so i needed to come off like i was good and okay because i didn't want to share that aspect of my life with anyone i was literally throwing up close to four, five, six times a day, anything and everything that I ate for years on end would just come right back out because I I didn't have that love for myself, that self-worth that I do now. Mm -hmm. And I think also another reason why I didn't want to share my story right away, especially when we began momentum, strength, and wellness is I didn't want people thinking that I was fake and that I was a phony because we're projecting the lifestyle that we are, the health, the wellness, the fitness, the abs that we have, the defined muscles and stuff. And I didn't want people to think that I got that from binging and purging mm -hmm. my food because yeah. it was yeah, not like really that. Did. I did not. It, trust me. If anything... When I was at the height of my bulimia, I was very inflamed and puffy. And I looked, I mm -hmm. did not look bulimic. At first I did, for like the first couple months to a year, I definitely lost weight. You, yeah. you can tell, you can certainly contest to that. Like my family, like everybody was saying, oh my gosh, like you're looking great, You've, you're losing weight. But it, it kind of did the reverse yeah. after that. It, Anything and everything that I ate that I kept down and didn't throw up immediately stuck to me, immediately made me get pudgy in certain areas. And again, I was very inflamed yeah. because I didn't know what I know now yeah. about food. So I was really not eating the best quality food right. at that time. And I feel like this is something that we talk about with not necessarily disordered eating, but even just like obsessive exercise, yes. eating uh, like eat, trying to eat less and less, train more and more, mm -hmm. trying to like attack things through the numbers. 
and it works in the beginning. Yes. And it it works just enough to convince you that you're on the right path. Yes. And then it stops working. Mm-hmm. And then the metabolic dysfunction sets in. Yes. And everything gets worse because you're you're going against nature. You're taking away your body's ability to do what it does and, mm-hmm. and be and be perfect. Yeah. And you're starving your body, you're kind of torturing your body, you're throwing your hormones so out of whack, you're really setting yourself up for disease, essentially. 100%. And then, like you said, like in the beginning, you know, you started losing weight and then you started getting compliments for that, which reinforces the behavior. Mm-hmm. And then, you, so you just keep doing it. But the, I don't want to say the benefit goes away, but the benefit goes away. It did. Oh, the, it did. The, whatever you feel like you're gaining from it goes away, but you're still searching for that or I don't. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but this is sort of my my perception. Being you know really close to it, like I, you know we were together the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, you hid it from me for a lot of, the, and we don't need to get into that too much. But just sort of watching watching your struggle, and then even years later when it was like you were better, but not better, better. Like right. you were just like better than you were. Yeah, like I, I wasn't throwing up five times a day. It was just like once or twice. Yeah, yeah. and it was like. Even then, like it, to watch you struggle was so hard because I knew the right way to do things, mm-hmm. which was really, really hard for me because I couldn't convince you no, right. that like actually if you eat more and train differently, you'll get better results and you don't need to keep torturing yourself and punishing yourself, but you weren't ready to hear it. So that message was kind of just falling on dead ears and I'm like... So I just kind of sit and watch that, which was really frustrating and and difficult. But I, what I want to really share is that this goes way beyond just eating disorders. There's so many different aspects of punishing yourself. Yes. And just not believing that you're worthy yeah. of, of love, essentially. Mm-hmm. And oh, like absolutely. not believing you're worthy of love and then searching for love externally by doing all these things and you're like trying to punish yourself to fit a square peg into a round hole essentially there's not it's never going to work out Mm -hmm. on that path yeah where it ends up being like you you need a mindset shift you need to be in a new place you need to see the world differently yeah to be able to overcome yeah that lack of self-worth absolutely i think that that's like really what happened? It, it, I wasn't ready to, <laughs> right? When you're mm-hmm. like, I was like, I had said it in a previous episode, when you're not ready for something, you're not ready. It's, it's that mm-hmm. deeper knowing, you know. Yeah. And I was addicted to this eating disorder. I was. It was the, it was when you get into something, I, again, it was over a decade. I identified yeah. with it. It was like, who, who am I if I'm not bulimic? So it was so hard for me to relinquish that because it, 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 was, it was a part of me. It was what I identified. It was a mask that I wore a long time in my yeah. life. And exactly like you're saying, I got results first, but then it st- I hit that plateau mm-hmm. pretty quickly. And I couldn't convince myself to stop. And like you were saying, kind of like someone like who's like, I want to work out harder. Like, I just wanted to be more bulimic and yeah. be bulimic harder. And what my body was telling me, I could tell the response. Like, I, 
it was getting harder and harder to purge, which meant I needed to eat more and more and more. So I just kept eating and then purging and eating more and more and more and just was this never ending cycle until 12 years later, I was so defeated to the point where it's like, this is so unhealthy for me and it's not, I'm not getting the results mm -hmm. 12 years in, yeah. 12 years. And it just unfortunately took me that long to realize that I have to change. I have to do that. I have to tell Dan that I need help with this because at that point, like you said, you'd known a little bit here and there yeah. and like you probably subconsciously knew it because you knew me so well and we were living together, but it was just hidden in the dark. It wasn't a conversation yeah. that we had until I sat down with you and was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I can't, like I knew that I was going to die. Yeah. You can't just continue to eat and throw off and live. That's just not an existence I wanted for myself anymore. And it's also at the point too, where we became more and more healthy. Our mindset started shifting and it was just one foot in front of the other, building that momentum. My soul was probably ready for me to stop. Yeah. And we had a very long talk. I think it was just like, okay, like, where do I go? And you had mentioned uh, in this conversation right now, the metabolic dysfunction. I had effed up my metabolism so bad over that decade long eating disorder track of bulimia that I really needed to reset it. So let's talk a little bit about like how your knowledge and depth of information in health and wellness, like help me because that's really like after I did the 30 day reset of mm. my metabolism, never, that was it. I had that, that ended it. That was the pivotal moment in my life. That 30 days that was life changing yeah. and just completely, I, I really can't think of another word other than life changing. Yeah, I mean that just came down to basically a process of kind of slowing down. Yeah. And like allowing your body to recover. And I yes. So before you yeah. continue, because I do like this meta metabolism, let's get into that a little bit too, because also like when I was younger too, people would always say, like, oh, enjoy the metabolism while you've got yeah. it. Like you can eat whatever you want. Wait, but wait till you hit 30, then, then your metabolism is just going to go down. And I never made the correlations, but as soon as I did the 30 day kind of reset of it, it gave me a greater understanding of that food is not just food. Food is information. And what I'm putting into my body at what times and the way that I'm doing it is imperative for health and the longevity and sustainability of that. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was, again, the clicking of the light bulb into the mindset of, oh, okay, so I've just really had a distorted view of what food and yeah. diet can do. Yeah. So, okay, go ahead. Yeah, you know, there, there's so much yeah, I guess, to unpack is, yeah. right there. So let's we'll try to keep this kind of simple. Yeah. But first, I want to talk about that concept, the, oh, just wait, like, enjoy your metabolism or like, I, I grew up, I was really, really skinny, really, really skinny kid and I, with a huge appetite. And everybody was like, oh yeah, you've got a fast metabolism, enjoy it because as soon as you start getting older, your metabolism's gonna slow down and you're gonna get fat. Is what I've been told, I've been told since I was 
seven years old. Like I was praised for eating a lot and I was told to enjoy it while it lasts because when you can't, because as you start to get older, you're going to get fat, which I'm still waiting, but it's, <laughs> it's not so. true. Um, the metabolism is like, and that's just, I think the, the idea of like, your metabolism is a furnace and fast is good, slow is bad. If, you have a, if you're gifted with a fast metabolism, you're going to be skinny. If you're one of these people that got, got the, the short end of the stick and you've got a slow metabolism, you're going to be fat. But there's the metabolism. Humans aren't machines. Your metabolism is not a furnace. And there's a lot of moving parts. So I'd say with metabolism, there's fast isn't necessarily what you want. Mm -hmm. You want like a good, healthy metabolism because what you said, food is information. Mm -hmm. So you have the foods that you're putting in your body aren't just fuel. They're not just calories. Your body's taking those. And first, the first thing is it's information. So the food that comes into your body is signaling to your body how to be. So it's signaling which hormones should be released, where, um, when they should be released, where nutrients should go, mm -hmm. what kind of nutrients you have. And then the goal of your, your digest, digestive system is to break down food, then to assimilate the nutrients from that food. So you take the cells of the food that you've eaten distribute them amongst your body, break, you know, break everything down to like its smallest parts and redistribute it so that your body can rebuild itself using these new parts. And then also to like eliminate food. Mm -hmm. So if you just have a fast metabolism, like you eat food and you eliminate food, but you're not necessarily assimilating the nutrients in the way that they should be. Mm -hmm. And you're not necessarily getting the proper response like hormonal response from these foods so there needs to be like a proper balance and like you said timing is really important to getting foods at the right time so that the your hormone secretion and development is right mm -hmm. so there's a lot a lot more than just like oh you're lucky fast right. metabolism you can have this much food and you have a slow metabolism you can only have this much food right when you have like metabolic damage. So when your metabolism has been damaged, when it's not- Which is what happens to Yeah, me. exactly. So we had said, you know, metabolic dysfunction and metabolic damage is the same thing. Your metabolism is not functioning properly, then your hormone creation and secretion is going to be off. You're, and every one of those hormones does a ton of different jobs in mm -hmm. your body. They're not all just burning calories. Right. So you're going to have, you know, different, there's hormones that make you feel hungry. There's hormones that tell your body if they should be storing fat or not. Like there's, there's hormones that produce the, you know, like, like sexual urges, those same hormones. If you're overly stressed, your body won't be able to make testosterone or estrogen because it has to make progesterone to deal with inflammation and stress. So like, Whatever's going on in your body, there's different things happening is the point. There's, I, I'm not a biological chemist, um, but yeah, there's, there's a ton of things going on and it would take forever to explain them. 
but just knowing, know that when the food comes in, there's a lot of different things happening besides are you getting fat or not? Mm -hmm. So I think there's the oversimplification just causes confusion around food where knowing the quality of your ingredients and having like nutrient dense foods. So foods that are actually providing more information, like mm -hmm. you're saying, um, rather than just stressing your system and breaking mm -hmm. you down. Mm -hmm. So what we did basically with, with you, where it was like, there's all this metabolic dysfunction. Yeah. Your body isn't, so you're putting food in your, into your system, but it's not being used properly. No, it didn't. Your like, hormones no are all over it. the place. Yeah. yeah. So what we needed to like really slow down, simplify, mm -hmm. not train excessively because no. that's stress. Which was really hard for Yeah, me. exactly. Yeah. So think about that after 12 years of being obsessed with your your image, what food you're putting into your yeah. body, what it's what it's doing to your like Yeah. To all of a sudden have like exercise almost taken away for a little while, like a couple yeah. couple of weeks yeah, of like very, point. very light. Yeah. But also like, you know, not eating a ton of food. Really, really simple, mm -hmm. simple meals, good quality food. Mm -hmm. And then as you got more, you know, back on track hormonally, mm -hmm. then we were able to increase the work you were able to do yep. because the stress wasn't as much of an issue. Yes. And then, but as we were doing that, we also added more food. Food, yes. Yep. Because varieties. We, yeah. Yes. Because mm -hmm. we didn't want you to be in that, like, exercising really hard, but not having enough right. um, food to fuel your right. system. So it's like we needed to right. feed your body. Right. properly right while you are using it yeah i think that yeah I, 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 like 100 percent. and i think you every day for your knowledge at that time that you still have to help me through this because i was still in the mindset of oh my god i'm gonna eat something not throw it up and mm -hmm. get that right but i was so defeated at that point that my mindset had shifted where like Life is hard, right? Everything can be a challenge or it can be a learning opportunity. So yes, 12 years of being bulimic was so challenging to me that I had no, really no other choice other than continue down the road and die mm -hmm. or change and feel really uncomfortable and probably like a couple weeks of hard, hard, mental shit that I needed mm -hmm. to work through, but I chose that hard as opposed to the hard of a life lifelong eating disorder yeah. that I didn't want. So yeah, it was really uncomfortable for like a week of not knowing like how my body was gonna change, how it was gonna respond, what like emotions were coming up where there were so many. Mm -hmm. But after those few days, it was like a weight lifted off my shoulders and like a new perspective really came into my mind about how I could live. And like, I started to dig myself out of a hole. I should say we, I really should say we. It's, it, yes, mm -hmm. yes, it does well, start with me because it, like, like you said, you knew I was yeah. doing it for years, but like you couldn't convince me. Of course, it starts yeah. with me. You, I, can't, I can't convince someone else to change their lifestyle. It has to come from within right. I mean, you can't project onto someone else what you want so yes um but i began to dig myself out of this hole and then it got like your body doesn't want to be sick 
It doesn't want to kill itself. It doesn't want dis-ease in it. Mm -hmm. It's gonna, it responded so well to what we were doing, to what I was putting into it, to the rest. It needed that rest period. It was like a sigh of relief almost. It was like, oh my gosh. Yes, like this is how I'm gonna reward you. Yep, you fell off a little bit. You went down that dark hole for a really, really long time, but here we are. We're getting to that sunny spot up yeah. top. We're getting there. And it, it rewarded me in the best way. Like I said, it was it was life-changing. And it was it was four weeks. That's it. After 12 years of misery. Now, when I say four weeks, that was the four weeks to reset my metabolism, which worked wonders. And I was never hungry. I mm. never felt uh, deprived. I j- because I was getting the nutrients that I needed. It was information like my gut brain connection was firing yeah. and now rewiring itself getting the information that i needed and then that again kept the steps going and yeah. helped me build momentum forward because yes of course having an eating disorder is kind of like it, it, it like i said i was addicted to it it isn't it is an addiction because there comes with so much trauma that mm-hmm. like was ingrained in my life that I it is something that I work hard to overcome every day but after doing that reset of the 30 days the four weeks yeah. it it just was like I I could never go back it, it that's what it was it was the fire I, I could never go back I can't even think to myself it's not even a thought in my, that crosses my mind anymore really which yeah. is like it's something that like I never thought yeah. that I would get to this point and which is so, so pivotal in my realizing now how I can help people and how I can help overcome certain situations. Yeah, it's not really only about eating disorders. Like, of course, that's personally happened to me, but there are so many other avenues that people go down that they get caught in these cycles, the hamster wheels of never ending um, trauma or trajectory of bad feelings, negativity, things like that. And so I just felt so empowered that this is how I can be of service to like the world and society. And I feel the ups and downs, ebbs and flows of it just made me stronger. And I'm like, not that I like wear this like happy badge of like, oh, I'm a recovering, you know, eating disorder, however you want to phrase it. But I am very willing and able to now share my story because it is empowering to myself and like hopefully can help yeah. others in that aspect. It's, it's your journey. Like it's not, it's not about right or wrong. Like yeah. you wouldn't be you, who you are right now, yeah. if you hadn't gone through that. Yes, absolutely. And at the time after like that 30 day reset, the four weeks that I helped, you know, reset my metabolism, like it, it's where I gained food freedom from, right? Mm-hmm. So that's like what yeah. I call the consultations, how I help people like monthly, quarterly with that because what what happened also within the time frame of the 12 years that I was bulimic, because I started like, I did try different exercises, different programs. I was doing beach body stuff. I was also counting calories. I was weighing myself. I was measuring mm-hmm. myself. And again, those are all ways to control same thing with the bulimia it's a way to control the food intake like how i'm 
eating and things like that. And it, it did not help me. It was so detrimental mm-hmm. to me and to my well-being that like counting calories, macros, weighing myself, none of that worked until I reset my metabolism. And then it was just like, oh, okay. Like I measured the food a little bit because I needed to have like an idea of the portion sizes that I could have at that time to reset it. But once that was over, it was like, okay, let's begin experimenting this way. Let's begin experimenting this Mm. way. And I wasn't counting calories. I wasn't weighing my food. I wasn't counting macros. I stopped weighing myself. I haven't weighed myself in years. I do every once in a while. It's just- To see a scale somewhere. Just to see, but like, that's it. It's like, it was this freedom. It was Mm -hmm. freedom to know that like, okay, I can eat this broccoli and feel great. I can eat this steak and feel great, or I can have this cupcake and feel great and not want to purge. And that is like freedom. Mm-hmm. It's, it, yeah. it, it's freedom from the cage that I thought that I needed to adhere to, to be healthy, that society told me that this is what you need to do and this is how you should look, this is the way you should eat which just effed me up. Yeah. So having that freedom, really, I can't yeah, know that free, I keep saying it, yeah. it, is, it, it's, it was just yeah. it's like, so immense. Yeah, a freedom, from, of freedom that comes from understanding what the food is doing in your body. Yeah. Or like, not even that, like you don't need to be like a scientist no. and know like deeply what's happening, but to like recognize how different foods make you feel. Yes. How you respond, mm-hmm. so like coming out of the eating disorder and then going into you know, like this 30, 30 day period of kind of resetting your metabolism, where you were eating less food, yep. but you weren't purging, right. so you were getting the nutrients. Mm-hmm. So it's rather like first like it used to be like a feeling, and obviously stop me if I'm wrong here, like, no, sure. putting words in your mouth, but like. You would eat so much food to like feel full. Yes. Yes. But then you'd go and immediately purge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you'd ha- have the feeling of eating, but you wouldn't get the nutrients. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't get any of the benefits mm-hmm. from the food. So when you reduced the amount of food you were eating, but actually digested it and right. assimilated the yes. foods, your body was just probably just dancing for of like wow like we're finally being fed absolutely which just changes everything absolutely and then taking that like carrying that forward mm-hmm. forever basically like since then and that was what did you say like five five six, six ago, we'll yeah. say six years ago for the last six years you haven't needed to count calories you haven't needed Mm-mm. to measure any food right you just are able to listen to your intuition yes and intuitively eat when you're hungry eat the foods that you're called to eat mm-hmm. know when something isn't for you yeah. which is amazing like that's such such an incredible amount of freedom to just be, be to be able to sit at a table full of food and be like no i'm gonna have a little bit of this and have a little bit of that i don't need to try everything right i know i don't do well with you know bread so i'm not going to touch the bread yeah. but i'll eat this steak i'll eat these yeah. potatoes whatever it is yeah absolutely and just having a good relationship with your body mm-hmm. and with food and allowing your mind to 
let your body and the food have a relationship and sort of just knowing yes. knowing the consequences because it's not it's none of it's good or bad when no. it comes to food like you said the cupcake you can eat that cupcake it's not bad there's nothing nothing wrong with it yeah if all you eat is cupcakes uh, right. i would say you're probably making a bad decision yeah but like you're not wrong for thinking cupcakes are delicious it's just a matter of paying attention. Like once you eat that cupcake, then just pay attention to how your body feels. Yeah. Because yes. if your body is asking you not to have another cupcake, you're probably going to be, be better off listening to your body. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's that's what freedom, I think, is you know being able to connect with your body and listen and understand what's happening. Yeah, I think that you're really right. And I'm actually really glad that you brought up that point um, because like you're saying, I, my, I wasn't even giving my body a chance to digest food right. because as soon as I ate it and got to the point of feeling full, like remember, I, was, I had to feel basically so full and sick that I needed to purge. Mm -hmm. But what the, um, and then that happens, but you do, it's, it's so quickly, you, you literally don't give your body a chance to digest the food, to get the nutrients yeah. that it needs. So once I did the metabolic reset and left the food in my body, I was eating to be satisfied. I wasn't eating to be full. Like that feeling mm -hmm. of fullness. You know what I mean? Yes. Like when like on Thanksgiving. Like yes. Thanksgiving's the perfect example <laughs> of it, right? Like you always eat yes. till you're fully filled. Yeah. Um but like and I I really it's it, that that feeling has stuck with me because I know it. That feeling mm -hmm. of like so overfilled that you just want to purge. That's what I had to do. But now, like you said, the relationship that I have with food is so much more than that. Knowing and experimenting after that thirty days, it was like, oh my gosh, what more can I learn about this? Right. Yeah. That's what it was. That's what. Yeah. shifted it's my mindset, the momentum mindset forward. I was like, oh, I, I, I became like, this is amazing. Like I didn't realize what, how, how certain foods made me feel a certain way. Like literally some made me happy, some made me sad, some made me lethargic, some gave me brain fog, some gave me energy. And it was just like, wow, this is like, mm -hmm. I kind of became like a detective in it. It was just, yeah, that's, that's where it's evolved to each and every yeah. day i'm finding out new things about new foods and experimenting and that's really food freedom it's like yeah one day i want to eat just meat steak and eggs and then another day i want like just a salad yeah. like it's just and that's like that's what really is empowering like you're saying that's what food freedom is and it doesn't take long for people to get to that point, yeah. right? There isn't that it happens pretty quickly when you're giving yourself the body, uh, excuse me, when you're giving your body the nutrients from real whole yeah. food that it needs. And I think that's the huge thing. It is. Like you have to realize, like remember, I said choose your heart. You know, being fat and overweight is really hard. Being skinny and bulimic is really hard. Yeah. Being in the middle, having a fast metabolism heart is really hard. Having a slow metabolism is really hard. Choose choose your heart. Like I chose, mm. okay, this 30 days is probably going to be really hard and uncomfortable, but I'm willing to do it because I yeah. can't go down this path, this road any longer. Or it's, I don't even want to think of right. what the consequences are going to be. So, so choose your heart. I, I chose it at that point. And yeah, that 30 days, you're, you're not eating 
what we would like to call junk food. You're not eating processed food yes. because you really can't. You cannot have a healthy metabolism when you're trying to reset it with processed foods. Yes. And after the 30 days though, we did incorporate some things that I like and enjoyed and I was able to digest mm -hmm. and enjoy them having a freedom and not gaining yeah. the weight and not doing excessive things like i it, it it really did help me to assimilate certain areas of treats and cheat days and cheat meals that i wanted at certain times because my body could handle it a lot more yeah. and it wasn't triggered anymore from the response that it had been traumatized by my yeah. disordered eating from right so that's some, that's what we're talking about with like the food is information. Exactly. Whereas like going, you need to be able to pull back from the highly processed foods because that information is confusing. I think it's probably a good way to put it. It's, like, yes, it's really confusing. It's your yeah, body doesn't understand. It's hyper palatable in a way that like genetically modified. Yeah. There there are science experiments that are made in a lab to keep you addicted yeah. to them. Yeah, it's like, and they like, they don't even hide it. Like you get like Lay's where like, bet you can't eat just one. Or no, like, you can't. Or what's like Pringle, yeah, Pringles, <laughs> like once you pop, you can't stop. Like they've been telling us for years. Yeah. It's a true thing. And it's because like, it's it's a science experiment. Exactly what you said. They These foods are literally designed to hit your palate in a certain way that they that you can't stop. And then on top of that, because there's no nutrients, like you eat a potato chip, your body is like, oh, this is amazing. It's it's salty and savory, and My the, the, the mouthfeel is amazing. Like the fat in your mouth, like the, the crispiness, and they literally measure the crispiness of chips to be specifically the exact amount of crispiness that you'll crave, so that you can't stop eating them. So that's what we mean, because you're not going to sit down and eat however many potatoes. I forget the number. I, I, I used know to you, know this. You did know this yeah. It's like it's like a bag of Lay's is like ten potatoes or something like that, and you would never sit down and eat ten potatoes, no. but you could put down a bag of potato chips so easily. It's like ridiculous. That. Or like French fries, the same thing. Like that's what I mean by like hyper palatable. It's like your your body can't quite grasp what's going on and tell you to stop, so you eat way too much, and because there's not enough nutrients. Once you're done, like you eat that whole bag of potato chips, your body had primed itself for the nutrients it thought was coming due to like the salt and fat profile or whatever it is. So when that, those nutrients don't come, you have the hormone response for those nutrients. And then those hormones have nothing to do. So they start uh, stimulating more cravings. So that's why you eat a bag of potato chips and an hour later you're starving. It's because you ate all that food, all those empty calories, but you didn't get the information your body was looking for. You didn't get the nutrients your body was looking for. Wait, I have to interrupt you because, okay, anyone who knows me knows that I'm a huge Friends fanatic and this brings up the, the Thanksgiving episode mm -hmm. of Friends when they're in Monica's apartment. Joey walks in with a bag of chips and Monica's mm -hmm. like, what are you doing? We're about to have Thanksgiving dinner. He's like, I'm warming up my stomach. Yeah. <laughs> as funny as that scene is, because yeah. it's like the epitome of Joey and Monica, it's one, it yeah. actually correlates. Yeah, it it's very true. Work. Yeah. 
he was whoever wrote that yeah. genius. Yes, absolutely. Sorry, I know that's a, that's a great. I was wondering why you were laughing at me when I was saying that. Um, but yeah, so the highly processed, I'm gonna say fake foods. You need to have a period without them, so that you can develop that intuitive nature to figure out what foods actually do. Because if all the foods you're eating are highly processed then you're never, you're always gonna be hungry. You're always gonna be like searching for that next thing. So when we like wanna do this sort of like reset with people, there needs to be a period of, I like to say like plants and animals. Yeah. Where you can eat meat, you can eat like, you know, minimally processed animal products, yeah. like, you know, butter and milk mm-hmm. um, and fruits and vegetables. Yeah. And you're, all you're really drinking is water, tea, yeah. and coffee. Yes. Yeah, you've got to, yeah, unfortunately, alcohol is the yeah. process. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And it's it's another thing yeah. that's going to just throw you off. But, like, yeah. and, but then once you get to the point, like once you come out the other side, yeah. and you have this intuitive feel, mm-hmm. then you can you can kind of be trusted with these other things. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Yeah, and then you, you know have, have a little bit of pizza, have a bag yeah. of chips. And then pay attention to what it feels like. Because after yeah. 30 days with no potato chips, Oof. when you open that bag, your gut's going to let you know real quick that something something is different. That they, We like it better the other way. Yeah, real um, fast. So that, that is definitely something to pay attention to. And then that's an important lesson too. It's like maybe you can eat those chips and be fine. Yeah, then absolutely. Then that's, that's a good you know occasional treat for you. Yep. Some people love ice cream. Some people eat ice cream and they're in the bathroom five minutes later. Right. Maybe, and, you know, dairy, all that dairy and sugar yeah. isn't ideal for your gut. Right. And what you're saying is so perfect because you just gave two, two examples. Like, not two people can digest food the same. You can mm-hmm. eat something... I can't eat yeah. it. I can eat something. You don't do well with it. You're yeah. in the bathroom three minutes after. Like, right? It's yeah. it's different. But that is really where the food freedom comes into play because it's empowering. It's you, you have to figure that out. Yeah. Because if you do, like, I didn't understand that. I didn't get the correlation with certain foods can make me not feel good or like yeah. it's that's oh this isn't. Yeah. how I should be like responding to it and that's really empowering it just takes a little bit of investigation yeah. but it's really really simple it's not anything that um needs to be yeah. overcomplicated. Right. it just <clears throat> you have I'll bring it back to mindset you have to be ready for it and you have to be ready to make the changes like I was I was just yeah. defeated I was ready I needed it I was in the mind frame of yep this is this is do or die, and I'm gonna do it because I know I, I there's no other way that I can do it. And that's where I think that, you know, I'm just bringing it back full circle where I was so afraid to come out with my story and really tell it and say that I'm a recovering uh, eating disorder person. I'm yeah. not even sure uh, the yeah, terminology. I'm sure of someone's it. got a term for it. Um, because I didn't want people to think that I had achieved the body that I have now from right. purging my food, which is again, just not, not, not the case. And I, I had to get into a better overall mindset as well to begin coaching people. So yeah, I stopped, you know, 
this disordered eating about you know five six years ago then i became the nutrition coach only two years ago still there yeah. was there was a three-year gap where i was just reading constantly mm -hmm. listening to podcasts investigating doing certain diets yeah. that would work elimination things because i needed to have the confidence the information and the real life situations that i went through so that i can help people and coach them in the best way that they can be right. coached because not two people are identical every single person is yeah. different we're different there are certain things that we right. do differently so that's yeah. i think that that's most empowering and most important what i want to get across to people that i find it just so empowering that i can share my story and then help help other people whether whether they're completely fine have a healthy relationship with food become even better or if they've got a distorted view on it and not knowing how food is information how food can yeah. really be so beneficial to their bodies and have that freedom to sustain the life and longevity of health and wellness through food and diet is just what i want to shout from the rooftops yeah